and welcome to Hedge Clippings, a podcast about... I am Travis Hedges-Williams, and in this episode, I want to talk to you about my thoughts regarding The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. It is a show on Netflix. Season 1 is available as of this recording. So, here are my thoughts. When I first heard they were doing it, frankly, I wasn't thrilled. I was like, just leave it alone. The 80s Jim Henson movies, you know, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, they were classics, leave them be. That being said, Dark Crystal wasn't really one of my favorites. I did watch it as a kid. I never quite got into it, especially not at the level I got into Labyrinth, because Labyrinth is amazing. Dark Crystal, to me, just was a tone that even rewatching it as an adult, it's just kind of hard to get into. It's just dark and gritty, and, and I mean, of course it is, and that's the thing, but it I don't know. There's just a tone that doesn't quite sit with me. Like, it's a good story. I think I might have enjoyed the film more if it was more of a 15 to 20 minute short or just a story that was told with shadow puppets. I don't know. But I didn't dislike Dark Crystal, but it does not hold a place in my heart the way Labyrinth does. So when I heard they were expanding this world, not only did I think, well, okay, that's not necessarily a good idea because most of these things don't ever work. I just don't really care about the world of the Dark Crystal. I just don't. And so I started watching this, and the first couple of episodes, I was like, okay, this is good, like the production value is nice, it's interesting, but it's still just not that great, and I actually put it down for a while and then came back to it, but once it gets going, I mean, most Netflix shows have this problem, they're slow going in the first couple of episodes, once it hits its stride, it's really solid, I found myself quite enthralled with it. What is the plot? Well, basically, you've got this fantasy world that's inhabited by Gelfling. This is our main species of character that we have in, of course, Dark Crystal the movie. There were only two of them left. And in the movie, they bring the shard of the Dark Crystal to the crystal and restore peace and harmony to the planet. So in the movie, we know that the Skeksis, this evil race of beings, actually destroyed the Gelfling. And so this series, Age of Resistance, is that kind of playing out. We see what happened, what went down. So the plot of the show is basically the Gelfling discovering that the Skeksis aren't good guys, they're bad guys, and the war beginning. So... My thought really overall was, my God, how does this show exist? <laughs> how did they ever get the money and the approval? I mean, this show must have cost a fortune. Everything is puppets. The sets are incredible. It's just a phenomenal undertaking. I, I, the sheer artistry of it is something that demands respect. I hope it wins all kinds of awards because it certainly deserves them. This is a very niche thing. I mean, a movie that wasn't hugely popular, I, I would argue to say that it even has a cult following. I mean, surely it has enough fans, but this is such a weird thing to even exist. And the fact that they spent so much money on it and did such a good job bringing the story and the characters to life, that's really kind of phenomenal. So I'm just in awe that this show exists. Now, there's a lot of characters. The lore of the world gets expanded quite a bit. 
there are a lot of things to juggle early on. That's why those first couple of episodes are a little slow. You're getting the lay of the land, who's who, who's where, what they want. But you quickly learn to love almost all of the characters, and they're very dynamic characters. Uh, We also have lots of female characters, and they're very strong. Again, we see women in positions of power. We see women warriors. They're keeping up with the men just fine. There is no sexism in the Gelfling society. Deet is probably my favorite character. She is one of the Gelfling from an underground society. She's got a great heart. She's got a great look. I love the way they perform her. I think they did a great job with her, but there's so many characters that I enjoyed. She's just one of the standouts. We have amazing voice talents. Simon Pegg is Chamberlain, the Skeksy that everyone knows for going, hmm, and does a wonderful job of it. Mark Hamill, uh, always amazing when you get his voice on board. He is another one of the Skeksis, the scientist. So it's just fun to watch them (laughs) do their thing. Again, all of these characters are very dynamic. You empathize with so many of them, and the villains are truly terrifying. It's really amazing that you feel such emotion with puppets. The peril that the characters get into is quite real and frankly disturbing. You're watching one race of beings commit genocide on another race. It's... And in a very brutal way, because, and we know this from Dark Crystal, the movie, so this isn't spoilers, Skeksis use the crystal, they corrupt the crystal to steal the life force of the Gelfling and bring themselves eternal youth. And so in their lust for maintaining eternal youth, they literally wipe out this entire race. So you watch Gelfling get strapped to chairs and be drained of their essence, and it's very disturbing and uncomfortable. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if that's going to bother you, this, this isn't the show for you. Um, again, I think it's amazing that they make you feel such empathy for puppets, but it is a little disturbing and difficult to watch, frankly, I thought. I was a little disappointed that it didn't wrap up in one season. I really thought it was going to be a one-and-done, especially because the production value was so high, and I just didn't think there was that much story to tell. You know, we know what happens. I mean, we've seen Dark Crystal. We know the Gelfling lose. It's just a question of how, and really just getting those pieces put in place for the movie. So I was disappointed it didn't wrap up after one season. I hope they don't do more than two. I hope they do wrap it up in the second season, which as of this recording hasn't been announced. So I do hope they do it. Uh, You've gotten this far. Please, please finish it. Should you watch Dark Crystal Age of Resistance? Well, if you're a fan of Dark Crystal the movie, then it's a no-brainer. Absolutely, you should. It's a wonderful, wonderful piece. In fact, I think it makes the movie better to have this in place already. I wanted to watch the movie after finishing the show. If you don't like fantasy, or you don't like puppets, or you think this darker story of puppet-on-puppet genocide isn't for you, then this is probably not the piece of media you need to consume at the moment. However, the artistry of it is beautiful. It's a wonderful piece. I, I don't know if you're not familiar. I would recommend watching the movie first before watching this. Uh, especially since we don't know if there's going to be a season two. Uh, I think the movie 
if you can get through the movie, consider the movie a pilot episode for the show. I do think the show is better than the movie. So if you're a new person coming into this, I would say, yeah, watch it. Appreciate the art. Get enraptured by the story. If it doesn't capture you after one or two episodes, I would say keep going. One important thing to note is that I do think this show is a great example of how to do prequels correctly. The show expands the lore of this world and gives us sort of information that had only been hinted at before, but it does it in a very exciting way. And it commits, it, it doesn't commit the sin that the Star Wars prequels commit, which is anytime you put Obi Wan or Anakin in danger, I know they live because there's many more movies with them. The characters that we see in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, there are some from the movie that we see, so we know what happens to them. But for the most part, the overwhelming majority of our characters are ones that we've never seen or heard of before, so we have no idea what happens to them. And I think that's a really important thing for a prequel. We also know where certain things are at the start of the movie, and when they are revealed in the show is a very exciting moment. They aren't spoon-fed to you. You kind of have to wait for them or look for them. And I think that's another wonderful thing. And the characters we do know from the movie, we see them in situations that are very interesting. You know, I, when you take away the, the life or death aspect of the drama, which can be sort of a cheat, you really have to work to see what can you do to make this person's story interesting without putting them in danger. So I think this show does a wonderful job of answering that question. If only George Lucas had seen it before the prequels. Oh, well. Maybe this wouldn't exist without the Star Wars prequels. But in the world of expanding on wonderful 80s greatness and how to do prequels correctly, this show is a shining example. One could say it shines brighter than a bright crystal. Do you want to help out this show? then please subscribe and leave us a review. That helps us beat the weird algorithms these sites use and keeps us on the top of the pile. And of course, share this podcast with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. That's a wrap for this episode of Hedge Clippings. I've got to go wash some podlings, so I will catch you in the next episode. Hedge Clippings is brought to you by Hedges Pictures, the makers of movies, books, and more. Check them out at HedgesPitchers.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.